0: Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers, made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation and respect. Now here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz.
1: Welcome back to another episode. You're here with Marissa and Rowan, and today we're focusing on how to protect your client base. It's a really important topic, isn't it,
2: Rowan? 100%. I think at the end of the day, clients isn't just someone that we do business with, it's also someone that sells mm. to every other client or prospect client in respect of the services we give. And if they can sell us, or so every reason why we should protect them.
1: Yeah, and there's been, you know, I mean, when you do the actual numbers, you can see that a client yeah. that stays with you long-term is much more valuable than a client that leaves you after a few years. I mean, you obviously Agreed. do a lot of work for a client and to be able to keep them as a client of your business yeah. long-term, it makes them a much more profitable client and it's probably also a much more rewarding relationship, uh, much yeah, more it rewarding. it becomes a business friendship, doesn't it? Does it does become a business friendship and it is yeah. lovely to be able to go through the life journey with clients yeah. uh, along all of the different milestones and stages of their life. So Agree. it's definitely rewarding not only from a uh, financial perspective but also from a personal perspective. But I guess yeah. the thing is it is tricky, you know. People do find it yeah. hard to find the time to uh, get onto the retention work that they should be doing and get onto those yeah. reviews. And most mortgage brokers out there know that they should be reviewing clients' loans every, every 12 months. Uh, but yeah. the question is how many of them are doing it. We invited Adam Grokey today here to share his insights on this topic because he's done a lot of research into best practice in retention, best practice in protecting your client base. So we wanted to get his thoughts on it. So Adam is actually a former broker, very successful broker from Adelaide, and he's also the founder and CEO of Sherlock, which of course focuses on helping businesses to retain their client base. So welcome, Adam. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome, sir. Uh, thank you. I feel privileged to be on this with uh you know, two um, two people in the industry that I very much looked up to um, when I was a broker. So uh, I'm pumped to be here. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, um, tell us, Adam. You've done a fair bit of work into retention statistics and what is the best practice in retention. And what have you found to be the key things that are stopping good businesses from being able to retain their clients? Like, what what are the key things that are making it difficult to to retain that value of the client base and retain those clients.
3: Yeah, it's a really interesting one. And and so I guess where this this has come from and where Sherlock came from was a real problem that I actually had uh, when I was a broker. And that was around, look, it's easy to service every single client at a really high level when you start out as a broker and you've got less clients. But as you start moving into growing a business, then the more clients you've got and the longer those clients uh, it's been since their loan settlement, it's actually harder to service all of them at that same quality or that same level of service without just putting on, um, you know, just more and more administration stuff, which is actually quite a quite, like, very expensive way to, um, to service them. Yeah. So really what, what I sort of looked at is, okay, well, what's a solution for this? And, and why also isn't some of our marketing, marketing getting cut through? So what I found is that, um, the uh, and, and there's heaps of um, data that, that supports this, but the there's a point in time where the clients are most at risk of leaving their broker. And what happens is that when clients, well, I'll take a step back. The number one reason why a client leaves a broker actually comes down to their current interest rate is uncompetitive. Mm. Right? Mm. But that's all the research that we found with my previous uh, existing clients, with with broker clients that we talked to now. Mm. That triggers a series of events that leads to that bro that client leaving that broker, right? So all of a sudden the client client sees somewhere they get marketed to, they see online, they see the news talking about it, they hear on the radio that you know used to be if there's not a one in front of your interest rate, you're too high. Yeah. Yeah, that that gets them thinking, go oh what am I on? And that is actually the first thing that starts to trigger an event and yeah. then they go and find out what they're actually
2: on. And and none of us are happy to lose a client, that's for sure.
3: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the interesting thing about that is I think as mortgage brokers, we all go on this exciting journey with the clients when we um, initially bring them on and we yeah. get their loan and it's a really exciting time and we're like, this client has been super happy with our service and they'll never leave us and they'll always be our client. Um, But then when you actually see the recapture rates in the industry, they're actually pretty poor. So across the industry, I think there's an average recapture rate of about 30%, which means that um you know for for however many clients discharge how many of them are, are going back to the same broker to do a new loan within 3 months of discharge so when you actually think of that statistic at around 30% mark it's actually pretty um pretty disappointing when you think you know there's probably a lot of brokers out there that have this unrealistic delusion yeah. Or this you know delusional thought that all their clients are coming back to them when they when they are considering other options, but the reality is that maybe not as many of their clients are coming back to them as what they actually thought. So
2: especially if you're not paying attention on that back book, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're not yeah. giving them the attention, and you know, in our team, we've definitely tried to make sure that we give that back book the attention and. and Touch base with them regularly and do those reviews. But like you said, Adam, it's it is expensive because uh, basically we're paying staff to do that work, and yeah. wages are expensive. Absolutely, but, you know, that's that's a decision that we've made. But you know, I'm really keen to hear, you know, what are some of the other things that you found, or what are the, some of the solutions that businesses can put into place to help to manage this workload and help to manage the customer expectations on the back book and and our client base.
3: Absolutely. I mean, some of the key takeaways that I say to brokers, if, if they're not, if they're, um, and it probably depends on their life cycle, right? So if they're, if they're a broker that's got a book, I mean, put a, a smaller book, put in place the processes and the systems right now. Because if you do the work now, you're going to reap the reward later. You're going to grow a faster book. You're going to grow more clients. They're going to be stickier and you're going to retain them. Yeah. Like you could never start this too early in my, in, in my eye. Um, but some some of the fundamental things. I mean, I think you've got to get your head around and fully understand that you know what, why a client leaves. They don't leave because they don't like you. And a lot of the clients that I called that had left, and they're like, "Oh, geez, I just I didn't even think about you." And I'm like. Hang on a second, let's unpack this. And I was thinking, <laughs> we send you our a monthly newsletter. <laughs> and you didn't think about we, me. I <laughs> know, oh I'm like, hang on, we, do, we send you a monthly newsletter. My heart is broken. Yeah, I was like, it was shattering. Oh, and these it people is devastating. like, love the service, raving fans, referred yeah. their friends and family like three or four years ago. And it's like, and I've been absolutely got on like a house on fire yeah. with me even went to barbecues because they invited me. And then all of a sudden, my <laughs> didn't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Your heart is a broker just gets ripped apart. Yeah. But once you emotionally get over it, you kind of go, okay, well, what am I doing wrong and what should I improve? And i realise, realised, mm. you know, like the advice I give, like your email campaigns are not getting the cut through that you think, right? Um, then, no, that's right. That is something you need to do, but that is like the, the bare basics, right? Email campaigns to try and stay in front and centre. Yeah. The call-outs that we were doing for reviews and saying, hey, look, we'd like to review a loan, from a customer perspective, when you put your customer hat on, like, where's the value exchange, right? Reviewing your loan to a customer goes. Mm. Oh, that's something I can do later. There's no, I, I don't understand the value that the, that I'm going to get from this for the time I'm going to invest. Yeah, it kind of sounds a bit hard as well. So now nah, I'll just let that. I'll just let that one go. Mm. Um, and so what we really, what we found in our research is delivering the value to the customer first actually makes a significant difference. So actually reaching out to them and say, hey, we've actually repriced your loan because we realised the interest rate was too high and tell them the value and you're saving. We've now saved you three grand, but you don't need to do anything. We've had this automatically applied for you. Yeah. You know, bang, they'll open that email. Their feeling towards you as a broker. is like, oh, this person's got my back, right?
1: Yeah.
2: So Adam, Adam if I can just ask on that note, Is it fair to say that it can be even interpreted a bit earlier? Like, I think for us engaging with a client, when you have that first assessment, um, sitting with a prospect that may become a client to your business, already to have an ability to sell that proposition in respect of, this is what you can expect of us. We will be doing these things for you. Because the thing is that people need to understand what value we hold to them. And part of this is, you know, same as um, engaging staff, so with clients, is that um, longevity of that relationship. So if you were to have that meeting up front and already be able to say, know that we're going to do these things for you, it almost forces your hand as well, uh, uh, Marissa. It, mm. it makes you go, well, I oh, now I've got to do these things. I've got to make sure I do these things, which means now it, th- there's a buy-in from your end because the biggest issue as a broker is the busier you get, you start look at what can... Go on the back burner and what can't. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And
1: the thing is, I mean, these retention um, discussions and these, you know, all of this work and on looking after your back book, it's super important, but it's often not super urgent. Mm, and that's agreed. why, you know, that's why it gets pushed to the back burner by 100%. many businesses, especially when they're really busy um, bringing on new clients. And then you
2: hope, you're hoping for the best. That that client will come back to you before yeah. they go somewhere else.
1: And and like we know from the statistics, only 30% of them do. So if we, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. we
1: need to be, you know, I think the, Bottom line is like what Adam's saying is that unless your business is proactively looking after your client base, then... The chances that they're going to leave you are pretty high, aren't they, Adam?
3: Uh, right, absolutely. I mean, even just the stat you said—that means seventy percent of your existing clients aren't going to come back to you. I mean, that's a scary number, like really scary. If only thirty percent of them are re-engaging. Yeah.
1: I was amazed when I saw that statistic, and Phenomenal. and these are clients that are really happy with their brokers. So it's not as if they're like you said, you know, said in your example, Adam, that
2: yeah.
1: the clients that. You were finding that left you as a broker. They weren't clients that were unsatisfied. They were clients that were raving fans at the time of being a, you know, being a, a feeling new client to the business. It's just that they didn't think to come back. Mm, yeah. but
3: it
2: is expectation of buff execution mm. because we're expecting them almost to stay with our business because we may have become one way or another quite close to them. And, uh, again, no one goes into these things, especially clients, to hurt your feelings. Uh, The reality of it is they know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. So a big part of the obligation is with us to tell our story better in respect of the service that we offer, but then the ongoing service that we will be giving to them. Is that, Adam, in your opinion with that? Yeah, look,
3: absolutely. And I think one of the key things for brokers to – and, look, this is not the broker's fault, right, because brokers – are the way they are because they've been trained like this, right? Brokers aren't rewarded or put in spotlight or recognised or received industry, industry awards for retention, right? It just, it just does not exist. Brokers have always been from as soon as you're a broker, you start off It's like, go and get leads. You've got to find leads, right? No one goes, oh, yeah, find leads and retain them, mm. right? We're not trained historically as brokers to go, oh, I need to provide an unbelievable service, and, and regularly reprice and review my existing clients, right so that's not the industry norm. Yeah. and so never thought of it that way. Yeah, and so like one of the things that that we're trying to really shift the conversation in the industry is like retention is prospecting like retention is prospecting yeah. so if you spend if you spend if you make ten phone calls a day prospecting new leads, make ten phone calls prospecting your existing database. I mean it needs to be a non-negotiable prospecting activity. I like that. I like, and that's really starting with actually shifting the mindset because as soon as you shift your mindset towards retention and retention strategies and repricing to retain, mm. all of a sudden like it just, the blinkers are off and you see this magical value that exists within your existing loan book, right? But all of a sudden, you know, you just went, okay, my loan book's existing clients, it provides me with a trial income. Okay, that's really good. My clients will call out to me when they need help. The reality is they don't. All of a sudden you just see the opportunities that start to exist within your book. And, mm. and clearly the better place to
2: ask for referrals. Oh, absolutely. Because these are the people that trust you, mm. like you, absolutely. and more than anything wants to help you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at, um, we, we use this metric internally, it, it's, uh, it's an impact and effort. So yeah. what's the impact on what we're doing for the effort that's required? And really what you want to go for is you want to go for things that create a high impact, the low effort. Mm-hmm. Now, you look at it and you go, well, prospecting your existing clients and reaching out them to help them and to make sure they're on a competitive rate and explore if they want to do an increase or anything in the future actually creates the least amount of effort because you've got the relationship, they're going to take your phone call, you've got all the data mm-hmm. on them and the insights, you know what the current balance is, um, you understand their whole position. And you can actually give advice to them, right? Yeah. That is heaps easier than going out and chasing, you know, 10 cold leads that you've then got to convince that you're the right broker to the help them mm. to go through a whole new application process to then try and get them on board. So it's really just trying to completely shift it and go, well, okay, I can actually create a really high impact for my clients, my existing clients. That's going to create a great experience, which means they're going to refer more and they're going to stay stickier. They're going to stay with me for longer. Mm. And the effort required to, to do that in comparison to finding new business to keep filling up the top of the funnel is actually significantly reduced. Mm. I mean, I, I know because I was a broker, it's one of these things where it's, it's really like, um, you know, we used to just deprioritize it. Oh, I've got these new leads, I've got these settlements, I've got this stuff I need to do. And we push it out for a week. One week turns into two, turns into a month. And then, like two months later, you see this client yeah. Yeah. Um, drop off, or you get called back, and you're just like, "Ah, oh, damn it! That was a client I was gonna—I was meant to call them six weeks ago," <laughs> and and it's a it's a painful realization yeah. because yeah. you just haven't prioritized that activity because mentally you actually hadn't seen it as a priority. Your your mindset wasn't that it was prospecting. No,
2: and, and it doesn't and it doesn't change at that stage. So many brokers over the years I've spoken to has gone, you know, and then you can ask them, "Well, so what have you changed?" Well. I don't know. I'm too busy at this stage. I, I just don't have time. So it's it's one of those things. You're almost seeing the wall in front of you, but you're still driving into it. Absolutely. Right. So it is one thing where it truly means we need to pay attention here and say that you know we we we're not transactional. We are relationship based. As an industry, we are truly a relationship business and a relationship play. So we need to not just uh, own the relationship, which we sometimes think we do, which we don't. We need to work. Mm. To retain the relationship, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I think I really love the idea that you said, Adam, about reframing your thought about you know those retention calls being about retention and and more about prospecting. Mm. But I think I'll go one step further and think, say that what we need to do is we we need to reframe our mindset on what customer experience actually means. Mm -hmm. You know, when we when we talk about customer experience, to most mortgage brokers, they'll think about the customer experience and the customer journey they take a customer on through the loan application process from start to finish but i would challenge brokers to think well customer experience actually your customer experience for your customers actually is for the life of the loan right mm. so if we're talking about you know the the journey of a client with you the customer experience piece shouldn't be you shouldn't stop at settlement. In fact, that's where you need to start working harder. Well, that's
2: almost where it should start. That's right. Because everyone is doing the first part very good. Most brokers can do the first part very well. It's the second part the brokers don't do so well. And then it even the generational shift, mm. if you think about it, you've got you've got a couple that suddenly have kids and the kids suddenly, you know, wanting to buy that generational shift that allows you to just re, not again, but explore that relationship even to a different level. Yeah. Because the kids being first home buyers, but only because that is what you play at. This is what we're most proud of compared to just doing your loan. Loan everyone can do. It's this aftercare mm. that we do better than most. And at this stage, uh, um, I think what held a lot of brokers back, Adam, and you—you've you, been a broker, Marissa—you know—is yeah. <laughs> the cost to business.
1: Oh, absolutely!
2: It's what holds us back because we just goes mm. there's only so many dollars you can truly throw into that pot and go well, how do we really make that something great? And on that note, guys, I'll just say in the next minute, if we can round it up, we, um, this has been a crack of a conversation and one that truly is one that the industry is paying attention to. Mm. But um, we also want to make sure that um, we may need to get you on again, Adam, to talk about Retention 2.2. 2.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and Ruana and Marissa, if I can just leave um, the listeners with two key things, right, because you mentioned the cost. So you've got an opportunity cost or a lost opportunity cost. Mm. It costs a broker in revenue over the next four to five years $7,500 in lost revenue if one of their clients refinances with someone else. Like that's a significant, actual, real cost that you've lost that revenue in your business, right? Significant. And if you now multiply it by 70%. Oh, <laughs> mate, it's scary. <laughs> it, is a, it is a scary number, right? And, and, and this is using real data. These are real numbers. I think the second thing is when you've got critical information, and this is a key takeaway for this: is when you've got critical Mm. key information or communication you want your clients to look at, like you're offering a loan review or you're doing a strategic review of just repricing their rate, send them a text message at the same time. And the text message is really just a bit of a teaser that says, hey, I've got some really good news. Check your inbox because the open rates will increase fourfold by you sending them a text message, directing them to their inbox. I agree with that. It's a significant uplift. So, I mean, there's probably two or three key takeaways in this session. One, do retention change your mindset. Two, if you want those open rates just flick them a quick text message and you'll be surprised at how much more that's going to re-engage with existing clients and, and increase your attention.
2: And Adam, I, I can agree with that because the amount of times if you ask a client um, email or text and 80% will go text, please. Yep. Just because it's call to action is the phone is always in front of people. So no mate, just want to say thank you so much for coming on today, helping us just with this protection of our client base because it's fair to say the future is bright for broking and always will be uh, but we've got to start paying attention to the things that makes us even brighter and that is how not just to engage the client for the for the uh, uh, loan outcome but how do we engage the client for the growth mm. that they're going to have through their property through wealth Propositions and all the very different things that they know. Um, you know what? If anything comes to mind, geez, I've got to pay, p- pick the phone mm. up and call Marissa. That's almost the first port of call that we want to try and engage in. That's the f- change in mindset of how we need to talk to people up front to understand. We are like the mechanic of your finance proposition. You know, if the car looks broken, Talk to us first. Don't uh, go and try and figure it out yourself. This is why we are here. But if we're not giving them nice articulated messages, then that could be going missing, which is, I think, at this stage with that data you said, Marissa, it's clearly going missing. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, it's been a really interesting chat and thank you so much for your valuable input, Adam. We've run out of time, unfortunately, today, but it's been really valuable and lots of great tips for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast channel. Please also share with anyone that you think would get great use out of this. We are on a mission to help mortgage brokers throughout Australia, so please share it around and we will see you again next time. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks, guys. Ciao. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the LVR Podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker, and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviours for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.